Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you so much for the opportunity for us to be here. We're so grateful, Father, that uh, that we have the opportunity to gather together as a family. We know it's tough right now. There's a, we have a lot of our folks that are that are sick and a lot of folks that are struggling with one thing or another. And we just ask, Father, your blessings upon this church. We uh, we do a, we we strive to do a lot to to touch people with the gospel. And we do it because of your help and because of your, your moving us in certain directions. And we thank you for that. Father, we thank you for the blessings that we have from each other. This is a truly a family. We truly are connected to each other as a family. And we love that and love each other. And we, and we ask, Father, for your blessing this morning as we gather together to worship and honor you and glorify you. Father, as we study this morning, ask, ask your, your help that we might learn and we might grow. And then, then we might have the courage to apply these things to our lives. Father, thank you for the opportunity we have to do that together. Thank you for your son. We know that everything we have and everything that we are is because of him and because of what he was willing to do for us. And we thank you for the, for the washing and the cleansing through his blood. Thank you, Father, for that. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen. We're in John chapter 10. We've been looking at, at this for a while. And I, tell, I told you that there, there's negativity from the leadership that's followed Jesus around. It's going to follow him around. They've decided they're going to kill him. They've decided that they don't want him around because he doesn't fit the mold of what they think that he ought to be. They have, have an idea of what Messiah should be, and they and they do not think that he is it. And so they have, they have decided to not, not follow him and not support him. And so the negativity has, has, really, has really amped up for him. And, uh, you know, they called him all kinds of names. They said all kinds of things about him. And... Uh, you know, like, like many today, their minds are already made up. You know, you'll talk to people today, and people have their minds made up about what they're going to believe and what they aren't going to believe. Uh, the message from Jesus, however, doesn't change. Who he is, what he did, what he did uh, is not going to change because, because it's the truth. We know it's the truth. We know that we follow a risen Savior. We know that he was who he said he was, and we know that the proof for us is through the Scriptures. They prove it to us. We know that the works that he did prove it to us. We know that the Father himself spoke it. And so it proves it to us that he, is, he, that he was the Son of God. And so we've given our lives. We, we have decided to serve him and allow him to be our master. That's, that's what this church is about. And these folks that he's talking to, that's not where they are. Many of them, especially the ones in leadership. We're going to start, <clears throat> we're going to start in verse 31. Uh, we've looked at all the rest of this stuff. But here again, you look at verse 31, it says, Again, his Jewish opponents picked up stones to stone him. They are, they, they, they are set about him. It's not the first time they've tried it. They've already decided they're going to kill him. They've decided they, every time he speaks, you know, he, uh, he just, it just sticks in their crawl. They just can't stand it. So he says, Jesus says, I have shown you many good works from the Father. For which of these do you stone me? Tell me what you stone me for. What have I done? Well, what their excuse will be, and we've looked at this before, well, you did it on the Sabbath day. You did it because the Sabbath is holy. You can't do these kind of works on the Sabbath. We've already talked about all that. You know, they have something they're going to come up with. So he's going to look at, he's going to, his answer for them is going to come from two places. Look at what he says. We are not stoning you for any good work, they replied, but for blasphemy because you, a mere man, claim to be God. That's what they decided in John chapter 5. Because he claimed Jesus was his father, they decided from then on they were going to kill him. So, this is Jesus' response. Listen to his response. Jesus answered them, Is it not written in your law? Your law. Is it not written? I have said you are gods. If he called them gods to whom the word of God came, and scripture cannot be set aside, 
How, what about the one whom the Father set apart as his very own and sent into the world? Now, that word God in the, in the, in the Greek is, is jotham. And, it's a, and it means any person characterized by greatness or a judge. And he called the judges gods. If you want to go back and look at it, it's in Psalm chapter 82. And he says this very thing. Jesus says, in your own law did not God call them gods. He wasn't calling them gods. It's little g. Okay, It's a different word than the word for God. And he said, he called them gods. He told them, you, are, you have a special place. You have a special greatness. You are my judges. And he called them. He said, he called those guys gods. And you agree with that, and you agree with these guys, and many of them, if you look at some of the, some of the judges, some of them are real stinkers. Eli, Eli had a couple of sons that were really pieces of work. Hophni and Phinehas were just, they were, they were pieces of work. And, and Eli, who was a judge, that God said this about, he, was, he said, you know, he, he did not do anything about these two guys. They were having sex with the temple, people, women in the temple, they were, they, were, they were supposed to take a meat hook, drop it into the pot, and whatever came out is what they ate, okay, as a priest. Or as a, as a, as, and they, came, they, would, they would take the best pieces of meat first and then put the rest of it in the pot. And God said, this is unacceptable, and he tells them. They didn't, he said, I'm, these two boys are both going to die, and you're going to die the same day. We'll kill, we'll kill all three of you. But these were the gods that he's talking about. He said, your own law called these people gods, and, they, and they were, some of them weren't any good. And he said, and then you're going to lump me, the one who the Father has set apart as his only one? Look at what he says again. The Father set apart as his very own and sent him into the world. Why then do you accuse me of blasphemy? Because I said, I am God's son. How can you do that? He said, do not believe me unless I do the works of my Father. Don't, if I'm not doing what God's called me to do, then don't believe me. But if I am doing it, if I'm doing things that the Father, only the Father could, could allow me to do. You know, he's raised somebody from the dead. Okay, he's he's healed blindness. He's healed the lame. He's done it. just because he did it on a Sabbath day. You have a problem with it? He said, "How dare you?" And then he says, "Do not believe me unless I do the works of my Father. But if I do them, even though you do not believe me, believe the works that you may know and understand that the Father is in me and I am in the Father." How difficult uh, you think? Why don't they believe? Why? When, they, when they're standing in front of, of these things that are going on, they're watching him work, and they're seeing the works that he's doing. Why is it that you think they don't believe? What's the problem? What do you think would be the problem if you were there? What would be the problem? Stripping their power. Do what? Stripping their power away. Stripping their power away? I think that's part of it. Because, because he's come along, and they, they, it is, this is not anything like what they thought was going to be. Okay, what else? Why do you think... Why do you think that they don't believe? Why do you think they're so adamant about not believing? He doesn't fit their their view of what the Messiah should be. He doesn't fit their view. Right. Why do you think people in the world today don't believe? There's a lot of people. We, we work with a lot of people. All right? You work with a lot of You see a lot of people. You know people in your life, people in your families. They don't want to have anything to do with this. They don't have anything to do with anything that you have to say. Why is that? Is it is it the same reasons? I won't have any more power. He is not what I want him to be. I don't want a, a, a master that I have to serve. I want somebody to serve me. And, and that what, it, when it comes right down to it, why else would someone not believe? Why would these people not believe? Maybe right. What if he's right? What they say may be correct. Yeah, what if he's right? You know, 
what what is he if he's right what has he said if you do not believe in me you will die in your sin you'll die so unless you believe i am the one i claim to be you will die in your sin right he said well we have abraham we have all that you know i have i have dealt with a lot of people i came from the denominational world okay i've dealt with a lot of people from the denominational world they cannot wrap their mind around the fact that maybe what they've been taught is not the truth just can't wrap their minds around it can't it was difficult for me to wrap my mind around the fact that maybe there was something different that i didn't understand and that somebody hadn't talked and i and i i've gone gone to people and I said why didn't you teach me this why didn't you let me know this and and I, i've had i've had people in the in when i was going to the jail and 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 i was sitting on a concrete floor and a guy looked at me and he said well what about my grandparents what 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 does this mean now? If if you're right, what does it mean that my that I thought was so up here? What what? How am I going to process this? And they would walk away. Say, I can't do this, even if it was right. Like even if it was right, I can't do this. You know what I'm talking about. You know what if he's right? You ever had anybody say that to you? I, you know. I had I had somebody tell me he said I couldn't change no matter what I wouldn't change even if you're right I wouldn't change I'm going <clears throat> what am I supposed to do with that Jesus how frustrated do you think it was for Jesus to stand in front of them and know this is this is the leadership of God's people this is the nation of Israel this is the Pharisees coming to him and just clocking him every chance they get and he knows he's right. He knows where he came from. He knows who he is. He knows where he's going. He knows what he's going to do. And he knows what's going to happen in the end. And he knows that very few of them, very few of them are going to respond to him. Well, they couldn't wrap their head around that sinners. No. no. They couldn't wrap their head around that. Yes. Yeah. They lived in a check the box yeah. and you're good. And let's just say you don't check the box. But you believe in Jesus, and He tells you to your face, even though you're a sinner. You believe in me, and you say yes, and He says, "Follow me, and you can go to heaven." They couldn't wrap their head around that because no. it wasn't fair. No. Well, we talked. We it was. It was to them. It wasn't yeah, fair. I'm saying. Haven't we done all of this good stuff? You know, He tells them even in the book. In, I think it's Matthew. He said, "Many people are going to come to me on that day and say, Lord, Lord, didn't we do all these wonderful things? You know, and we we did this, and we did this, and we did this, and Jesus is going to say what?" You get away from me, I never knew you. Wow. I thought there are people today that are going to worship today all over the place and believe that they're right and believe that everything that they do is the right thing to do. They'll go out on Monday or Tuesday and be just the biggest stinkers out there. And then they'll go to church on Sunday and, and sing, Oh, how I love Jesus or whatever the song is. It may be people that are watching saying, you know, well, he's not right. Yeah, what if, what if I'm... I, I told a, I told a group of guys one time in the jail and I said I said you know I understand there was 30 or 35 guys I said I understand there's 10 15 different ideas in this room and I said I'm teaching you something different what if I'm right I said what if I'm right are you willing to bet your life on it and most of them yeah I'll bet my life that you're not right that you're wrong Jesus comes along and we know he's right we know that what he's saying is true we know that don't we we know it's true. We know that he was the savior of the world. We know that if we come to him on his terms and do what he tells us, that he will save us. That's what he told us. He told us back in this chapter. You know, look back, look back at verse uh, 
verse uh, 26. He said, but you do not believe because you are my sheep. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. What he said? He said, my sheep know me. We know that he is the shepherd. We know that. And so we live our lives accordingly. We, we strive to do everything we can do to be the people that he died to make us. Right? And then, and so, and I'm, and, and we, and I'm frustrated. I know he was, I'm frustrated when I talk to people that they know and they just won't listen. I've got the truth to teach them and they won't listen. All right? So, we're moving out of the shepherd. Let, let's, let's, uh, let me see, let me show you what happened. What they, again, they tried to seize him, but he escaped their grasp. See, they not. He's still trying to seize him. They're going to try it until finally they're going to get it. Finally they'll get him. Then Jesus went back across the Jordan to the place where John had been baptizing in the early days. There he stayed, and many people came to him. They said, though, though John never performed a sign, all that John said about this man was true. In that place, many believed in Jesus. What's the difference between these people right here and those people that are trying to grab a hold of him and try to kill him? What's the difference? They don't have anything to lose. They don't have anything to lose. I think that's one one great. I think that's one great. They have anything to lose. What else? What's another difference about them? Where are they? They listen with their heart. When you listen with your heart and not your head, when you listen with your heart and say, "God, help my heart," you know, God said, you know, the Psalms say, "Create in me a pure heart." We sing a song like that, don't we? Create in me a pure heart and a steadfast spirit within me. Right? Create a pure heart in me. God, please touch our hearts that we might hear it from our hearts. Their hearts might might help us to understand the truth. These folks here come, they said, we had John. John was baptizing, we listened to him, but he didn't do anything like this guy's doing. And everything he said about this guy is true. He told them, told them. He said, behold, in the first chapter we looked at in John, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Talk about Jesus. And then Jesus comes and says, I need to be baptized. And John said, I need to be baptized by you. He said, you need to do this now. You need to do this. Well, they understood that. John, although he had nothing, belonged to God. Yeah. And so yeah. then they understood that if John knew who Christ was. Absolutely. I mean, they, well, they, they, listened. Put their, they put their faith in what God showed them from the power-wise, mm -hmm. not monetary-wise. Let me ask you something. What, what helped you to believe the truth? What helped you to believe the truth? What was it that helped you to believe that what he was saying was true and not what everybody, all the peripheral around you was saying? What, what helped you to believe the truth? What helped you? What was it? Anybody, come on. I'll repeat it. You know I will so they can hear it online. Well, what I, was, was? I was taught it as a young child. And then it was lived before me. So it was somebody living it in front of you. Yes. Okay. This is important, guys. Okay. This is important for you to understand what it is that God's going to expect from you. All right. Because Jesus is gone. And what did he do? He left the mission to who? Us. As individuals and as the church. I don't care whether you worship in Kansas or whether you worship here. The mission is still the same. Mission is going all the world to preach the gospel. Right? That's the mission. He said, teach them. Make disciples, baptize them, and I'll be with you even to the end of the age. Isn't that all what he said? So I, from this text, what am I going to learn? What was the difference between these folks and the other folks? The other folks, they didn't want to get it. They ain't listening. It doesn't fit their narrative. What's the difference here? And somebody said, it's well, the people that lived it around me. 
Anybody else? What did what what helped you? Yeah, Dan. Scriptures that say, "Search for me with all of your heart, and I will reveal myself to you." So, okay. And that's what we do whenever we begin to follow Christ. Is we start to search. God reveals Himself to us in such ways that we are totally convinced. So you're saying the Word is what helped you? Absolutely. The Word helped you to, to find the truth and and believe in the truth. Okay. They had they had the law, and it didn't help them much, did it? Now they, these folks here didn't didn't have the law. They didn't even have the written word. We had that. Yes, ma'am. That struggles can bring me to a place where I remember getting to a place in my finest where I was struggling and didn't understand why life was the way it was. And so I started reading the scriptures and I just thought, this means something. So for Carmen, uh, to repeat so you know what she said, for Carmen, it was the same thing as Dan. You know, I, I did. I looked at life, and it didn't seem fair. Something was going on, and I didn't understand. So I started reading the scriptures. Did the scriptures help you to make start to make sense out of what was going on? Understand? You're still not going to understand all of it. There's things going on today. I don't understand. I don't understand why stuff is going on, but I but I understand what God's called me to. Okay, He's told me. I understand. I believe it. What 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 else? Anything else that that you know? Was it somebody? Was it a, was it an individual? That lived it to, to help you to find yeah, Vincent. Uh, I go back to when Nebuchadnezzar was so proud up and his silence and he was bragging about all that he had built. I felt the same way when I was working in the oil field and I said I have all these things and God started taking them away from me. Yeah. <laughs> so I lost everything. And then Lupe come in and You know, and he was talking about Nebuchadnezzar. I don't know if you can hear him or not, if you're close enough, if he's close enough, but but uh, he's talking about Nebuchadnezzar and how Nebuchadnezzar stood in his palace and bragged about how much he had and God said, Are you kidding me? He's the only reason you got what you got because I gave it to you. He said, "Watch and see what happens when when I take it away from you." And then he made him. Then he made he crawl around on all fours like a cow. He grasped like a cow. His 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 fingernails grew out long, and until and he did that for seven years. Seven years he 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 crawled around out in the out in the fields eating grass like a cow. God well, said, "I'll show you." And was... and and Benson said, and then finally it was Loopy came Loopy Epsconheel that came along and started to you started to lose everything. You started to feel the same way. You started to lose everything. You know, I remember. I remember there was a point. Didn't you lose your job? Good job. Got divorced. Yeah. yeah, you were working for Slumberjay, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was going to say the same thing as Vincent. You know, when I was younger, obviously, and was rodeoing mm -hmm. professionally, lived a great life, had a job that paid a ton of money, and then I, when all that started, you know, eventually that comes to an end with mm -hmm. the rodeo side, and you realize. You start falling into cover. Oh, you mean you can't ride bulls until you're ninety? No, you can't. <laughs> and, and so, and so that feeling that you were so I wouldn't ride. I wouldn't ride at nineteen. Yeah. So you know, <laughs> but I mean, you, know. you felt like you were a star, and you had a following mm -hmm. of people that made you feel like you were something special. And then when all that oh, goes God. away, you realize. So you, so you got in the, your, you got in your mind that you were something like Vincent. You were something more than what you. Were. I see. Okay. And then after a while, you realize that void is. You now have a void in your life, okay, and that you weren't special, and that that life you lived was not a good life. And you know, you come back if you have a basis, and I feel like that. If you have a good basis of who God and Christ are in your life as a youngster, which mm -hmm. you were taught, mm -hmm. then you realize that's that's where my peace was. Mm -hmm. It wasn't it wasn't from man because that that fades. Let me tell you. Everyone that you come in contact with has the same issues you guys have, mm -hmm. all right? Some of them don't have that basis. And so some of them are going to have that. They're going to be all puffed up up here, and they're going to start losing things. That's right. And they don't have any place to go. 
They don't have any answers because they don't have that basis. So they need someone living around them that gives them that. Okay? They need to be introduced to the scriptures like Carmen and Dan said so that they have that. So they can begin that process of building themselves up. And they, they need your help. That's our job. To go into all the world and find those people. You know, many of them, you know what they're going to do? They're going to do exactly what these people did to Jesus. They're going to go, Psst. I don't want no part of that. When they find out that it's not the easy thing they thought it was. It's not just about going to church on Sunday. That's not what it's about. You know, that's a that's a privilege. The work is every all the rest of the time. That's a privilege we get to do today. So, you know, when you look at this and you see that all these people that you're going to come in contact with are going to have the same issues that you had and they may not have the, they may not have access to the scripture like you do. They may look at it and say, they, you know, where, where do people usually start reading the book? When they start reading a book, where do they start reading? At the beginning. How many of you started reading a book at the beginning? How far did you get? Well, you, get to you know what I got to? I got to Leviticus. <laughs> and I'm going, what in the world is this talking about? I had no clue. It's, it was struggle. It was a struggle through Exodus, but at least Exodus was a story kind of going along. I kind of got it. But when I got to Leviticus, I'm going... I don't have a clue. And that's where it stopped. You know, it stopped. And that's where people are when they come to the scriptures. They don't understand that it's two different books. You know, that's why I always tell all the people I study with, I want you to start reading Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And I want you to read it until I tell you to stop. Keep reading it over and over. I want you to read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, then turn around and start reading it again and read it again. And I've had people read it 50, 60 times before I told them to stop. I said, because you need to be introduced to the one that's going to save you. And that's where you're going to find him. That's where you find him, in those four books. And then we'll start to connect the old stuff, and we'll start to connect the epistles, and we'll start to connect all that together. But that's where I start, because that's the beginning of that book where you find the guy that's going to save you. Because they don't need, they don't care about Abraham. Abraham can't save them. If you've been watching on Wednesday, what did we start it? Say, we're going to find the, the Messiah. And we said, well, Abraham wasn't it. Oh, Isaac wasn't it. Oh, Jacob wasn't it. Man, no, that Moses ain't it. That's where Moses now. He ain't it. We gotta find somebody else. We'll find him eventually. Cause I told Cole the other day, it may take us fifty years the way we're going. <laughs> we get three weeks on one chapter. No, that's not gonna get it. We gotta, we gotta start moving. Sure. But, but you know, it, it. The point is, is the people that you come in contact with need your help, and they need you to understand. They may need you to do a multiple variety of things. Introduce them to the word. Introduce them to a to a saved life, you know, and you know. Introduce them to answers that they don't have, that you know can they can find, and you may have to tell them. Okay, all right. Let's move on. Chapter eleven. Look at chapter eleven. Now, a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. Okay. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sisters went and sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. I had a real problem. I told George, I said, I got a real problem with this text. I said, I have found a problem in some commentaries. I've told you before, be careful when you read commentaries. Okay? Every commentary I read said, you see here, this is talking about Matthew chapter, whatever, I think it was Matthew chapter 26. I went to Matthew 26. Doesn't say a word about any of this, like it says what he says. I'm going... What the heck is going on here? Was Jesus wrong? Did I find a problem in the text? Or did I find a problem with a commentary? Jesus is talking about two events, I believe. I believe he's talking about two different events. Okay? And I'm going to give you the scriptures, and we're going to look at them. Okay? 
Uh, we'll look at Matthew 26, but I want us to first. I want us to go to Luke chapter seven. Okay, I want you to turn there first. I think we've got enough time to do this. We're going to start in verse 36. Okay. Now, this is a, well, let me just read it. When one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him, he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. A woman in that town who lived a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. So he came there with an, she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume. As she stood behind him at his feet weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. Okay? Doesn't say anything about anybody, does it? It just says a sinful woman. All right, now let's go to another text. Now let's look at Matthew chapter 26. This is the one that all the commentary sent me to. Okay, Matthew chapter 26. And we're going to start in verse uh, 6. While Jesus was in Bethany, now we know this town. This is the town we're fixing to talk about. Bethany's where he's at, where, where they're at, where they live. When Jesus was in Bethany in the home of Simon the leper, a woman came to him with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume, which she poured on his head as he was reclining at table. When the disciples saw this, they were indignant. Why this waste, they asked. This perfume could have been sold at a high price and the money given to the poor. All right? Now, doesn't say anything. That's where the commentaries took me to. That's where they took me. Every one of them I looked at. I looked at three. Every one of them took me to that text. They take me to Luke 7. They take me anywhere else. They took me there. And I said, okay, well, what does that do? All that is is confusing. Because all that says is about a woman. It doesn't say a name. It doesn't say anything. It says they poured, they poured it on his head. It doesn't say anything about his feet, right? Now, let's go to one more. Luke chapter 10. Go back to Luke and look at Luke chapter 10. And look at verse uh, 38. Luke chapter 10 and verse 38. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. Now we know where she lived. She lived in Bethany, right? She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparation that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. You are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better and will not be taken away from her. Okay? And I just read that because I wanted you to see the interaction here between Mary and Martha and Jesus. Alright? Now, go back to chapter 11 for just a second. I want to read it again. Alright? Remember, we've already found that, he, that there was someone who poured oil on his head. Alright? Who, who anointed him. And it says... Uh, this verse 2 in chapter 11 says, This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. Now, turn to chapter 12. Look at chapter 12. And look at verse 1. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Here a dinner was given in Jesus' honor. Martha served while Lazarus was among those reclining at table with him. When, then Mary took a, a jar, about a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume. She poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. So what do you think is going on here? Jesus is talking about two events, I, I think. He's talking about she's done it twice. 
She is so overwhelmed by her sin in her life. She's a sinful woman, evidently. Doesn't tell that together, but sometimes you have to try to connect the dots some. And, and she is so overwhelmed that she does this twice. She pours oil on him. That's what he said. That's what it says in chapter 11, that she uh, that uh, would pour perfume on the Lord. Well, she poured perfume once on his head, but doesn't say it was her in Matthew 26. That's where the commentaries took it. Let's say it was her. Okay? Let's say we know it was her that, that because it says it in chapter 12, that she's the one that cried on his feet, poured, poured perfume on his feet, and then wiped his feet with her hair. So... That doesn't have anything to do with the text. It's just me to you because I had a real problem with it. And I had to find out. I could not, could not come for this class and not know. Because if one of you guys asked me, I, was gonna, well, I wouldn't know. I said, well, I don't have any idea. Well, it seems you've got three different houses. Unless Simon the Leopard's a Pharisee or Martha and Mary are a Pharisee. You see, there, there, is a, there is a group of folks that are traveling around together evidently. And Mary is going because she's realized something. She realized what the Pharisees didn't. This guy's telling the truth. And she looked at herself. She's like the woman caught in adultery. It's not her, but she's like, doesn't say it's her. But she's like the woman caught in adultery. When Jesus looks up, what does she see? When, when that woman looks into his eyes, what does she see? Does she see the same thing she sees in the people that went and drove her out of that house? Mm -mm. Mary saw something in Jesus. Now, it doesn't mean that Martha didn't see it. But Martha's consumed. She, Martha's distracted by other things that... And that's fine. We get like that sometimes. We're human beings. We get distracted. Martha's legitimately doing right stuff, but she's got distracted. And Jesus said, wait, 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 wait. Back up. You ain't let her do what she's doing. This will not be taken away from her because she's found what's pure. She's found him. <coughs> now, and I, I just did all that, like, like I said, for my own benefit because I spent a, a, a time studying this last night to make sure that I knew what it says, that I felt comfortable what it said. This is, again, why I tell you, stay away from commentaries unless you know what you're doing. Because sometimes they're going to make you more confused than you were before you started. Sometimes. Not always, but sometimes. When they sent me to, to Matthew 26, I'm going, that doesn't tell me anything. It doesn't tell me what Jesus said. It doesn't tell me who it is. It doesn't say anything. I needed Jesus and I needed the scriptures to tell me more. Tells but, you the perfume was in alabaster. Yeah. Yeah. So. Not yeah. You know, that, that's all. <laughs> So, you know, unless you're really, really, in, you know, and my job is to help you to navigate through the scriptures and find connect the dots. That's my job. So that's what I'm trying, I'm trying to help you to do. So anyway, let's move on. All right. This is another one of those scriptures that I alluded to before. This doesn't seem fair. We won't get to it today. Okay, probably, because we're, we're running out of time here. But, you know, this is one of those times like when, remember the guy that was born blind? And I and I, we went on and on about, wait a minute. Jesus caused this guy to be blind his whole life? So that he could be honored and glorified? Yep. Yep. He's going to let this guy die, be dead for four days, and Jesus is going to say, oh, that's okay. I'm a, he's not really dead. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he's dead. He's in a tomb and he's smelling already. Yeah, he's dead. He said, this was done that might show the glory of God. He let this guy die. Let him be sick, 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 and die. Yep. And we'll talk about it more again next week. I'll, I'll remind you again what we talked about before. Look at what he said. He said... When he heard this, Jesus said, This is sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's Son may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. He loves them? Georgia found out Friday morning. Got a text from from Delissa. She's on her way back in the, in the fog so thick you can't see your car. 
There's a bad wreck on Goliad Highway. She's trying to get home so that she can take her husband to the emergency room because he's got tightness in his chest. My wife's youngest son, what do you think she wants to do? I'm going to the hospital. No, you're not. No, you're not. She, here's this friend. I'll wait two more days. Be all right. Georgia didn't want to wait two minutes. She wanted to beat him to the hospital. That's a mother, right? Moms, wouldn't that would be what you wanted? Want to go? I want to go now. Maybe I can help. Do what? What you gonna run the EKG machine? What are you gonna do? You know, I don't know what she's planning. I'm gonna sit in the lobby alone because they're gonna let Delissa go in, and I'm gonna sit there by myself with all these people that got coronavirus. Yeah, that's a plan. But that's a that's but that. I looked at this and I said, Gee, this is supposed to be your friends. Look, Mary and Martha and Lazarus are your friends. I'll wait two days. I'll wait a couple of days. Let him get really sick. We'll let him get really sick and really struggle so he can't breathe. And then, you know, his heart starts, you know, and, and then he dies. Well, oh, that'd be okay because I'm going to raise him up. Does it seem fair to you? No. Just... Honestly, does it, seem, no. it didn't seem fair, you know, to let this guy stumble around in the dark his whole life. He's probably 35, 40 years old. His whole life. It didn't seem fair in that situation either, did it? We talked about that. But sometimes what God does doesn't sound fair. Right? It doesn't seem fair. Children die. Does that sound fair to you? No. Could he stop it? Yes. Did people here pray about that? Yes. And they die anyway. Right? And we don't we don't understand. We don't understand. Don gets sick. I don't understand it all. I don't have any clue. But you know what? I trust God. I trust him that he knows what he's going to do better than I do. I don't like it. I don't have to, I don't, it doesn't sit well in my stomach. You know what? But I trust God. And that's what faith's about, isn't it? Isn't it, Sue? You know what faith is about? And we move on. We don't like it. And we, and I got a lot of questions I want to ask. Got a lot of questions I want to ask. You know, why did you make this same family lose two babies? Lose two babies. You know, why? Why'd that? Why'd you let that happen? What did you think? You know, I don't know. I don't know. But you know, I know what God says here. I know what Jesus said before. I know what He says here. This is so that God might be glorified. Does that sound to you like it's important to Him that we glorify God? Does it sound like that? That it's really important. I want you to chew on that while you go over here. Okay, because you get a chance right now. To take this and go over there and glorify God. Okay? Now your friends may be sick and not here. It may seem like a sparse crew. Probably will look like it. I'm not going to be here. I'm going to be at Fortran trying to get them to understand some of the same stuff. Okay? But you know what? You're going to get a chance to go over there and sing like you've never sang before. We've got a great song leader. Going to lead us in some great songs. We've got a guy that's going to preach. Gonna, he's going to probably get a little bit wound up. He generally does. It's okay. You know, but he's not going to teach you something about the truth. Okay? We'll see you next week, guys. Thank you.